The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. But you don't know why I'm here. Hey! Hey! Oh, it's okay! Alright! It's Sting! Okay! It's, it's Sting! This is where the big boys play, huh? Look at the adjective. Play. CW Monday Nitro, where the big boys play every Monday night at 8 on TNT. Hello and welcome again to Nitro Nights, a WCW Look Back podcast. I am Sai, and with me as always is the always excellent, always brilliant, always well-informed, always entertaining, always awesome, Scottish Danny. How are we doing, my friend? I'm doing really well, thank you, Sai. How's yourself? Pretty good, bud. Pretty good. Looking forward to, you know, hopefully another stacked episode of Nitro, because last week's we both gave a resounding hit to. So I'm hoping that this is going to carry on the same in the same vein, my friend. Absolutely. Let's get into it. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Today, we are looking at the December 4th, 1995 edition of Monday Nitro. It comes from Phoenix, Arizona and got a 2.4 on the TV ratings, whereas Raw this week won with a 2.6. So a slight switch from last week. But again, the numbers aren't too far off. They're kind of or hanging around that 2.3, 2.4, 2.6, 2.8 kind of range, I guess. Which makes me think, you know, it's going to be interesting when we start to see them turn and, and start going upwards and heading towards their peak, because late in later years, the numbers are substantially higher. So it's going to be interesting seeing when that starts to happen, I think, Danny. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the audience definitely grew up to about nearly a nine, wasn't it, at the high of it? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where we go, I think, with those numbers there. Yeah, 100%. We are told at the very start of the show, however, that well, there's a couple of bits of news that were given by Eric Bischoff and the commentary team. First of all, we have a world title match for our main event. And it's Randy Savage, obviously, the world champion, defending against our good buddy, Lex Luger. Now that, to me, that could be on a pay-per-view. That's another quality match they're giving on free television again. Fair play to them. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Bischoff also informs us all that the WCW executive committee decided 48 minutes ago, apparently, very specific there from Eric, thank you for that, 48 minutes ago that Hulk Hogan, the Giant and Ric Flair were all on probation because of their actions in recent weeks, like you know, punching and kicking referees and so on. So if they did something wrong, they would be indefinitely suspended. So... They've hit a ref and done a few things with chairs and, and all this sort of stuff. 
and it's a case of oh naughty naughty don't do that again you know it's <laughs> it's okay so it's okay to hit a ref once you can get away with it if it's just one punch to a referee can you yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we also have a little bit of Starcade news. Starcade being our next pay-per-view. It is December, after all. We get a few adverts for that running during the show. But yeah, we get a bit of Starcade news, Danny. What have we got there? In a shocking tone of events, WCW actually promotes a match for the pay-per-view that isn't for the world title. Um, <laughs> we have a triple threat match that will be... Uh, at the pay-per-view it will be Lex Luger versus Sting versus Ric Flair and um, yeah I was very shocked to hear that but it seems like they're learning from their mistakes so. yes and the winner of that triple threat is going to face Savage on the same pay-per-view I think is the way they're doing it yeah. for yeah for the world title so I mean Savage has got to be sat there grinning from ear to ear he's got to be thinking oh these guys got to go for a triple threat before facing me brilliant stuff I'm all about that but can he get past tonight's challenge, Sai? Oh, very true. Very true. Can he get past Lex Luger? Yes, we'll have to see. We will come to that shortly. It's not the only title match we get, though, Danny, is it? Our opener is for the WCW World Tag Team Championships. And it's a combination we've seen face off on an episode of Nitro previously. We have the challengers of Buff Bagwell, uh, well, Marcus Bagwell, as he's referred to here, and Scotty Riggs. And they are facing the team of Harlem Heat, accompanied, as always, by Sister Sherry, or Sensational Sherry, as she was once known. Uh, the American males get quite a few boos as they come out, because, let's be honest, they look like complete gits. So why would anyone want to support them? <laughs> um, we don't get much of... I mean, the match itself lasts a fair few minutes. You know, uh, it, eventually we, we get Booker T hitting the Harlem hangover to retain the championship. It lasts seven and a half, eight minutes, something in that region. But it's kind of dominated by the whole Colonel Robert Parker, Sherry thing again. Now, I thought this had gone away. <laughs> you know, I, it, we may have even seen something as recent as two weeks ago. But in my head, this had gone away. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, here we are again, mate. I know that it was uh, it ruined to a lot. It just basically shat on a, ma a really good match because these two teams had a great match a couple of weeks ago, where the title did change hands. Mm -hmm. um, you say about American males who could support them? They are definitely one of my favourites of all time. Um, uh, that that theme song side was a banger. You you can't oh. deny that. Oh yeah, that is true. That is true. <laughs> are you being serious? They're one of your favourites. No, they are definitely. Um, I'm a Buff Bagwell fan through and through. Um, I like all of his gimmicks and things like that. So, and now he's become a bit of a Twitter legend, hasn't he? He has, yeah, yeah. Well worth a follow. Uh, so I can remember Buff Bagwell winning Rookie of the Year for in WCW magazine, and it being like this massive big deal for him when he was when he wrestled under the name Marcus Alexander Bagwell on WCW and he was on worldwide a lot in like 1993 and so on. That was the era that I was kind of watching on ITV in the UK here. So I remember Bagwell being rookie of the year and his whole gimmick was I'm rookie of the year. That was his whole gimmick. And it was like, even as a kid, I'm thinking, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he would fit in well in NXT 2.0 today. Uh, okay. I've not watched much of it to be fair. Neither has anyone else. 
<laughs> Whoa, okay. <laughs> Danny coming in with the NXT sass this week. <laughs> no, but, uh, but just going back to this match, um, like you said, it was very standard, uh, just under 10 minutes. Um, Colonel Parker showing up with a Prezi um, for his uh, the person he fancies. Um, and then her going off with him and abandoning her, and her team was quite mm-hmm. surprising as well. Yeah, but then... I'll be honest, I, I, I didn't know who was going to win this. Uh, there's a lot of WCW TV that I, I don't remember or I've not seen. So outcomes and matches, I'm not going to know until I watch them back with you, Danny. I thought we we're going to get something similar. As soon as, soon as Parker came out, because Parker came out later than everyone else, didn't he? As soon as yeah. Parker came out and he had the bunch of flowers or, or no, the gift, wasn't it? Sorry, the gift for Sherry. I thought, okay, Sherry is going to get distracted here and Harlem Heat are going to lose the championships. Because to me, that would be a natural progression to the storyline okay we've seen it before but if they're gonna bring it back onto television to me it happening again would make sense however that doesn't happen sherry gets distracted leaves with colonel robert parker and harlem heat just go and win anyway so it's kind of like it's kind of like if harlem heat you know they could be thinking well we've won without her anyway so why do we need her i guess it seemed like a, we're going to get more of this, I guess, in in the coming weeks. But at this exact moment, watching this exact segment of the show, I'm sort of like thinking, okay, I don't quite get that. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you. I mean, this has been over two months they've been uh, uh, planning this storyline, so I'm really excited to see where it pays off, and hopefully that's soon. Yeah, yeah, we just want to end. I think, don't we? <laughs> Well, she's got a ring anyway. One of the gifts that Parker gave her was a was a ring. So they're obviously getting married. So may they ah. live happily ever after. Love well, a wrestling see- wedding. Yeah, <laughs> will we see that on Nitro? Uh, maybe I, I don't know. I think I think it takes place on a pay per view, or maybe a oh. Clash of Champions or something like that. I think, but I'm, don't get your hopes up, Danny. I may be completely steering you wrong there, my friend. <laughs> but yeah, there we go. Uh, we also have then an interview with Gene Oakland. He's speaking with Sting and Luger. Sting says to Luger that he should know that if he wins the world title tonight, he will have to go through him at Starcade. Luger says Sting should worry about, you know, about him in the triangle match at Starcade if they do have to meet. And they speak about it again and again. And they keep saying that you have to worry about me. No, if you win, I'm going to be the opponent. And if you don't win you're in the triangle match so you need to worry about me and then no 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 you need to worry about me i mean i think they got their message across in about 15 seconds they could have just stopped <laughs> do you know what yeah. i mean pretty much yeah um one thing i did notice about this was lex luger getting booed at the end of the interview i mm-hmm. found that quite interesting see what i found really funny and interesting at the end of the interview was they're both out on the entrance ramp. We've already been told Sting is wrestling tonight and his match is coming up next. He's talking to Luger on the entrance ramp. When the the interview finishes and, and Gene does his, you know, it, I mean, Gene was fantastic, incredibly professional. He would help guys out who weren't good on the mic and so on. He kind of wraps the interview up, gets it to a point where the, it's ending. Luger goes to walk off. Sting's music hits. Sting walks in the wrong direction. Sting goes to walk back to the changing rooms whilst his music man called Sting is playing over the PA system. And Sting, all of a sudden, you can see it like the light bulb go off in his head. You know, the penny drops, and he's like, Oh no, oh yeah, that's my music. I'm wrestling, aren't I? So he has to turn around and walk back to the ring. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. And it's typical WCW, isn't it? Oh, it was wonderful, mate. It was wonderful. 
uh, Sting is facing favorite of the show, Kurosawa here. And basically, it's a nothing match, isn't it? Nothing seems to really happen. Uh, Colonel Parker is still you know, with Sherry, so he's not come out to the ring of Kurosawa, we're told. Uh, Kurosawa then just gets overpowered by Sting. He works the arm early on. Sting takes advantage of a couple of punches, hits the Stinger splash, and gets him to tap out to the Scorpion Deathlock in, in, in like two, two and a half minutes or something like that. It's, it's, a, it's a throwaway. It's a nothing match. But at the same time, the crowd got to see Sting, so you know that yeah. always seems to make people happy. So you know, fair play. If you can get Sting on the card, that's great because there was quite a few weeks, Danny, where we didn't see Sting at all, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was quite a depressing uh, night I was to get through. <laughs> no, but yeah. seriously, um, you make a good point. If you can get Sting on the card, get him on the card, and that can apply to 2022, where he seems to be on every single AEW Dynamite, which is pretty cool as well. Um, Kurosawa in this, like you said, it was a completely throwaway match, but I mean, it wasn't bad, and at least we got a clean finish. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's good as well to me, having a clean finish at times, because so much of WCW ends in a kind of schmozzy, non clean finish way, DQs. And I mean, they had a 60 man battle royal in this controversy over the bloody finish for crying out loud. It's just let matches end, it's going to be fine. You know, but we'll see a lot more of that in the coming years, I expect. We then have an advert for Starcade 95, and it is heavily promoting New Japan and saying that there's an invasion going on. And it's basically being billed as New Japan versus WCW at the pay-per-view. Now, I am all about this, Danny. This all of a sudden makes me more excited about Starcade than I was beforehand. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's something we said on a previous show where each pay-per-view advert has a sp- specific theme. Um, and uh, this, you can tell immediately, um, it's New Japan versus WSW. It seems pretty cool. Mm, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and also, which is quite good, they've got the right day on the promo package this time, rather than saying it's Sunday, December 27th, they've got Wednesday, which is the correct day. So well done WCW for checking your calendars there. You did come to mind when I was watching this earlier about that. I did write that down. I wonder <laughs> if I was happy about that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. It's just, you know, little things like, you know, you don't want people sitting down on the Sunday to watch a pay-per-view that's on a Wednesday. Do you? Come on, think it through, think it through. <laughs> <laughs> the giant then makes his entrance accompanied by the irritating duo of Jimmy Hart and Kevin Sullivan. And he is facing Scott Norton. So I was, I was quite excited about this. I mean, it's not going to be a five-star mat-based classic, but it's two big blokes just beating the crap out of each other. And again, it's a short contest, two and a half, three minutes, maybe. It, not a lot really happens. We see, I suppose, the giant lifted off his feet by Norton, which was spectacular. But he turned it into a kind of atomic drop, so the giant didn't actually then leave his feet at all. So it's kind of anticlimactic, even though he picked him up. Norton was the one who ended up on the floor, I think. It was. It was. Um, the biggest thing I took away from this was Eric Bischoff saying on commentary, the C in WCW stands for commitment. What What would that make WCW stand for? World Commitment Wrestling. Well, it must be. Yeah, it's not catchy <laughs> as World Championship Wrestling. Is it? What's he on a bite? <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, shocked that he would make such a bold claim about that. Yeah, yeah, fair point. Uh, the match ends ultimately when the Giant choke slams Scott Norton and gets the one, two, three, as you would expect, because the Giant is still relatively new. And it, to be honest, it, it, 
he's he's a hot commodity here, isn't he? He's still he's still got matches against some big baby face names that he can potentially have, you know. So yeah, yeah, that's what should happen. The giant should be beating people in two or three minutes, as far as yeah. I'm concerned. I mean, he was only I think he was twenty five at this point as well, so he was uh, he had a, a bright future ahead of him. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we see Ric Flair, or we're told Ric Flair is going to come out for an interview. Mean Gene announces Flair. But Charles Barkley, the basketball player, comes out first. And I'm sort of thinking, okay, what exactly is... What's, and then Flair does come out. And we have an interview that... I, I'm not going to lie. I've got notes here that say, Charles Barkley out, Flair out, Flair promo, says fuck all. <laughs> That's literally what I've yeah. got written in front of you because they're talking and they're saying, oh, you know, Charles Barkley is the greatest basketball player of all time. And then Barkley saying, Ric Flair is the greatest wrestler of all time. And Flair saying, I'm going to go to Starcade and win the title. And then that's it. And it's like, we think, is that it? Do we need this? Do we need to hear this? It's just a way of getting Charles Barkley on camera. I'm assuming. Yeah. So again, you can understand their motivation, but I mean, they could have done something better, Danny, couldn't they? Maybe. Yeah, absolutely. This whole segment could have been placed after the uh, cameras turned off. I think I would have enjoyed it a lot better if it had been just for the house. Um, but um, this, yeah, it was it was just nothingness, wasn't it? Mm. Just a segment again that I suppose if you're in the arena, it's quite cool because you've got this basketball player there and flares coming out as well. And he always gets a reaction where it's positive, negative, whatever. But it's just another segment that just kind of fills a bit of time and doesn't really go anywhere, I suppose. Yeah. And I think uh, Charles Barkley, when I heard of um, him, he was uh, on, I think, a Ric Flair documentary. And it's nice to see that he's still friends with him because Ric Flair's burned many, many friends over his life. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What an eventful life he has had. Oh, yeah. I suppose that then just brings us to our main event already, Danny, doesn't it? doesn't take long. Yeah, very, very quick episode to get through. Mm. Yeah, it brings us up to our main event, and it's for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship, Lex Luger with Jimmy Hart, and he is up against the champion, Randy Savage. It does, to me, kind of make sense that Luger is getting a title shot, because obviously Luger did beat Savage at the pay-per-view. So I like to think WCW have put some thought into this. I hope, anyway, that it's kind of worked out this way. <laughs> <laughs> I think you put more thought into that than WCW did, Si. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> uh, we have both guys working an arm on, on each other for a while. Um, Luger, Luger looks like he's more, more invested here to me. We, when we spoke about Luger wrestling a week or two ago, it seemed like he was very much going through the motions and we spoke about calling it in, phoning it in, sorry, and so on. Luger here looks like he's he's up for this. He looks like he's invested, Danny, doesn't he? He does, yeah, He's because he knows um, this is Macho Man's first world title defence and um, he's in the big main events now, isn't he? Well, there we go. There we go. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed this match. It was good. And it was, it was, it was genuinely a good match. That's that, that's that sentence started off like I was going to be negative there. I'm not. I'm, I'm I enjoyed this match, but it was, it was good without being spectacular. Yeah. You they know, were given, I, they were given plenty of time, weren't they? Yes, yes. And the fact that it is a world title match as well on television, 
and it's going on last. I like that. I didn't like it when in certain eras, and this goes for both companies, WCW and WWE, the world champion would wrestle and he would defend his championship in the opener or he would defend his championship after an hour. And I understand it's for the way the TV ratings get broken down into segments and the top of the hour, they want to have a, a boost in the ratings. That's when people are turning over and so on. But still, to me, if your world champion is wrestling, they go on last. It should be that way. Yeah, I think so. So this, to me, makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, is there anything else about this match you want to particularly cover? Yeah, um, I just hated that Hulk Hogan had to stick his nose in again. Um, and he came out and saved Butcher Man just after. And I think the biggest thing, I mean, I enjoyed this match. I even messaged you before this. I said this was a great match. Mm-hmm. Um, but the finish, uh, I just couldn't get on board with a DQ finish for Macho Man's first world title defence. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's won the belt with a cloud hanging over that decision, and here he is defending the belt for the first time with a cloud hanging over that decision. Of course, Hogan is involved, and that's how it ends up, you know, ending via disqualification because Hogan is involved. Yeah, and then you know Hogan is beating up Luger, Jimmy Hart's there as well, getting involved. Sting is there. Savage tries to calm everyone down. Flair goes, runs out. Flair runs out as well. I mean, there's a lot going on, you know. And again, this is the sort of situation where I suppose you look at it from a TV standpoint, from a wrestling standpoint, it's frustrating because you've not got a finish to the match. But from a storyline standpoint and a TV standpoint, you're not going to have... <laughs> there's no plans here for Luger to win the world title. So does it do Luger any favours to lose to Randy Savage? Probably not because he's in mm. this thing with Sting, so you want to keep him looking strong as well. Yeah. So, so a DQ finish kind of makes sense because you don't want Savage losing the championship. You don't want Luger losing clean and then you know looking weak because he's going into the triple threat at Starcade to potentially get a title match anyway. So if he's beaten by the champion already, you kind of start thinking, well, why is he getting a second opportunity? I suppose. So from a, from a storyline standpoint, that does make sense. From a wrestling standpoint, it's frustrating because you want to see a clean finish. Now that's a very good points um, about that because it adds the um, air of unpredictability um, to think like, Oh, Lex Luger actually might win uh, at Starcade and then end up facing much man because they might mm. save the clean finish for that. So yes. I'm actually hoping for that actually at Starcade. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, we obviously what got two more nitros, I think, and then it's Starcade. Is that correct? Yep. And then, and then we're into nine ninety six, mate. That's the turn of the year, then, isn't it? Bloody hell, flying through, getting exciting. Yep. And uh, I th- I'm just glad um, that we know that basically two matches are going to happen on on uh, Starcade. But um, yeah, so they've got two more weeks to promote uh, the the card. Yeah, and I'm not sure how much we're going to find out because. I think we're getting told what's happening on the main event. We're getting told what's happening with the triple threat. And then they're saying it's WCW versus New Japan. I imagine that will fill the majority of what's left of the pay-per-view time. Yeah. I don't know how much WCW would promote Japanese names because I'm trying to think very much in 95 to the casual wrestling fan if they mentioned guys who are big in New Japan, 
would it make a difference to the buy rate in the United States for a WCWPP? Maybe not. The odd one or two. I mean, Jushin Liger was in the video package we saw. WCW fans are familiar with Liger already. He's wrestled on a few Nitros and so on, so that could be you know, mentioning him. The United States champion at the moment is obviously from New Japan as well, so they'd be familiar with him. But your casual WCW fan, are they going to know many New Japan wrestlers in 95, Danny? I'm not sure. No, I think you're right. Yeah, the, uh, um, I think that's why they are trying to introduce them in these Nitros. Mm. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see over the next couple of weeks exactly what we get with regards to the build towards Starcade. I mean, this this whole New Japan versus WCW thing intrigues me. It really yeah. does. I want to see where they go. I want to see who faces who. I want to see who. I want to see who wins and how because when companies in wrestling throughout the years, whether, whether that was it going back to the territory days when the, the AWA used to put on um, Super Clash, for example, and you'd have three different companies all working together, you'd never get clean finishes because no one wanted to lose to the guy from World Class and the guy from World Class wouldn't want to lose to the guy from the AWA and, and all this sort of stuff. So you'd end up with a load of just nonsense, basically, a time limit draws and all that sort of crap. Now, I'm intrigued to see how they handle it here because new japan all japan and so on they are fiercely protective especially back then fiercely protective of how their talent is portrayed away from their show they are hugely hugely protective so for me for example there's um stories about i think it was all japan being very cross with certain newspapers certain wrestling magazines for running an image of one of their champions covered in blood on an american show it made him look weak and so on there's lots of stuff wow. like this to that they were fierce because in japan they they protected the business you know it was like i mean kayfabe to the extreme they you know it, it's it was reported i think it still is reported in national newspapers in the back the same way that football baseball would be boxing would be wrestling is covered in the sports section as well so that they were fiercely protective of of their, their their talent back in this time so i'm fascinated as to how this is going to work with WCW. Yeah. Now that you explained it like that, that actually makes me more excited for Starcade, I will say. Yeah. And then, of course, we've got this this triple threat, which then leads to a title challenge as well. And you've got proper old school WCW. You've got a champion who is effectively a WWF guy in in, in, in our minds. We've said he's, he's still very much a WWF guy. But the three people who could challenge him, Sting, Luger, and Flair, all very much NWA WCW guys. So that's an interest, interesting mix-up there, I think, as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's something that, um, as we're going to be watching it, let's see how they build up um, the challengers, because they did a brilliant job with Lex Luger tonight. He did look strong. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what we find out about Starcade in the next two weeks, if anything at all, and how the world title picture develops. And we don't know what Hogan's doing yet. Oh, yeah. Let's hope he's not on that show. <laughs> um, yeah, well, there we go. There we go. What's the, uh, that, that's literally just popped in my head. Then what's Hogan? We don't know what the Giant's doing yet. I Just just a quick um, note here. Wasn't, weren't they supposed to be uh, on probation? Yes. And the Giant had a match. Hulk Hogan come out and Ric Flair had brought his friend to the ring. It seemed like they weren't behave on their best behaviour on this Nitro at all. Oh, well, maybe that leads to why we, you know, we don't know what's happening with them at Starcage yet. Perhaps they're banned. 
Oh, let's know. let's find out. Let's find out. We'll find, hopefully, we'll find out more about that next week. But what we yeah. do know about next week is that the Hogan and Flair, despite being on probation, are not actually banned next week because they're wrestling. And our main event of Nitro next week, and I am looking forward to this. This is this sounds fantastic. The names in this, we have got Hulk Hogan tagging with Sting, facing off against Ric Flair and Arn Anderson. I mean, anytime Arn Anderson's in the ring, I'm all about that. That's awesome. But I mean, that there, two members of the Horseman versus Hogan and Sting. Oh, take my money. Absolutely. And nice to see Arn Anderson's back in the main events. Yeah. Won't get an intro. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> let's let's in, put money on that side. <laughs> yeah, he'll be in the ring when they come back from an advert. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can already see it. <laughs> uh, and that's the end of our, our look back on this episode of Nitro. It, it, it seemed to fly by. A lot went on without anything of massive substance i guess that the most impactful things that happened were announcements made by bischoff i suppose with regards to starcade and so on but there's still enough here again similar to last week's episode to keep me entertained and not turn over should we uh should we look at our oh boys and our woos danny absolutely let's get into it brother 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 brothers brother brother do you want to go first or second my friend um i'll go first this week sam you crack on so the first woo would definitely be the main event, even though the finish um, didn't please me, but it was just the effort and the long match that they gave us. And we can see why the rest of the matches were so short now because they wanted to save time for this. So I was actually happy with uh, that main event. Um, what's your woo? I've got the same thing. Main event and then in brackets up to the finish. I've got, yeah, so I agree with you, mate. That's my way. It was it was a good match. It was considering it's on television, and you know I don't want to belittle stuff like that. It sounds silly. Oh, it's only a TV match. That's that's irrelevant in, in my eyes. But you know how certain wrestlers work with regards to you know only turning it on in certain scenarios. This was a TV match between two big names for the world championship, and okay, the finish from a wrestling standpoint scuppered it a bit but from a storyline standpoint the finish works and the match itself was pretty good yeah so i agree with you mate what about your uh your old brother dude it has to be rick flair bringing his friend out and essentially threatening the wstw um locker room that if anyone hurts rick flair he'll get charles barkley on them because it also made rick flair kind of look weak as well it was like he needed this big man to come and sort out the bullies <laughs> Yeah. what's yours si? i've got exactly the same thing again you know great minds buddy great minds uh, <laughs> I, i've got exactly the same thing because i i like celebrities being involved in wrestling because i think it brings eyes to the product and, and ultimately the first big wrestling boom occurred at wrestlemania one with all the yeah. celebrity involvement that's what started off and then the second big wrestling boom the attitude era had a lot to do with Mike Tyson being involved and other celebrities there and so on. And on the other channel, WCW had, you know, talk show hosts involved and basketball players, wrestling matches and so on. So the celebrity involvement when done well can be really a really important tool for wrestling. However, I hate when celebrities come into this world and beat the wrestlers or celebrities come into this world and they're made to look stronger than the wrestlers. Yeah, I hate I hate that because you know, like, like you said, we've effectively got Flair here saying, you know, if you if you cross Ric Flair, I'm going to get Charles Barkley on you. I mean, in all honesty, 
you, you look at someone like, I don't know, a Dean Malenko or Chris Benoit, who have this real shoot fighting ability, why are they going to give a shit? They'll just tie him <laughs> up in knots. Exactly. And what doesn't make sense as well is Ric Flair already had the four horsemen. He didn't really need another guy. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I hate the way that celebrities are used sometimes and they make wrestlers themselves. It cheapens the gimmick. It cheapens wrestling. It makes the wrestlers mm. look inept and so on. So that's kind of it. That, that, that's my oh brother this week, bud. Flair's promo. The Flair's promo did nothing to help or further anything. If anything, it made it hindered stuff. It made things worse. So, yeah. Hit miss or middling, bud? This week I'm going with middling. Okay. And how about you, sir? Um, I'm torn between a high middle and a low hit. I'm I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go middle. I'm gonna go, it's, it's top yeah. end. It's a top end. It's not a bad show. Yeah. But it's it's not quite a hit for me. Yeah, I could see why. I mean, there was. I mean, there was a lot of action, but it was to me what made it not go on the hit was uh, the short matches that um, led to the main event. But I mean, they could have been used a lot more. The time could have been used a lot more um, effectively here. Mm. Yeah, you talk a lot of sense, mate. You talk a lot of sense. Ah, so there we go. Fast approaching Starcade 1995. Intrigued by this pay per view. We've got two more weeks of Nitro, and then we're on the pay per view. It's going to be a good one, mate. I can feel it already. It's going to be a good one. Oh, yeah. I mean, the advert alone was a lot better than promoting monster trucks or a free ring battle royal. So I'm intrigued. There you go, mate. There we go. If anyone else is intrigued as to where they can find you on social media and all your other shows, Danny, do you want to just let everyone know right now whereabouts they can do that? Yep. You can find me on Twitter at Scottish Juggalo. Um, you can hear me on One Man's Meat podcast with the great Chris Bellis. You can hear me on A Change in Attitude with the great Mags, Ori and Tanner. And you can hear me here where I'll be next week with the great Cy Powell. <laughs> yeah, again, you flatter me, my friend. Thank you very much. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SJP Words and on The Book of Face. You can track me down in a group there, SJP, all the shows and info. And from those two points of contact, you get links to all the stuff I do. For example, anything sci-fi, time travel, wibbly-wobbly sci-fi stuff, if that's uh, if that's of interest to you, I do a podcast on Doctor Who with our good friend Dan Griffin. That's available. And I also do a show with Benny Mack looking at the awesome show of my youth, Quantum Leap, one show at a time called The Waiting Room. Uh, if wrestling is, though, just what's on your mind, you can get more wrestling content from me with, at the moment, guest hosts whilst we're waiting for Mr. Mags to come back from his various jaunts all over the place. But normally, Magsy and I, we are live on a Monday night with Chain Wrestling via Rage Attackers, YouTube and Twitch. And that comes out later in the week as well as a podcast version if you happen to miss the Monday. And also, obviously, I'm looking back on WCW, one show at a time, with the glorious and awesome Scottish Danny right here on Nitro Nights. So that's at SJP Words on Twitter or SJP All the Shows and Info on Facebook. But most importantly, the direct links to this show are at Nitro underscore Nights on Twitter and Facebook. That's Nitro underscore Nights on Twitter and Facebook. Get in contact with the show. Let us know what you think. Danny, it's been a blast again, my friend. I'm bloody loving doing this show with you. It's awesome. Me too. And we're fastly approaching 1996. So let's roll on. Ooh, there's a couple of things that happened there that are memorable. But we'll see. We'll see. Danny, I'll speak to you next week, my friend. 
Take care, mate. <laughs> and to everyone else, as always, thank you for listening. <laughs>